Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the Sports Offensive. Good morning, sports fans. I am your host, JP, coming to you live from the TSO South Studios in the Tech Center, the Denver Tech Center. It's a snowy day out. Today, we're going to plan to cover the NFL Divisional Playoffs, the College Football Championships, the MLB signings, and some college transfers, not to mention getting a couple of things of the wide world of sports. Across the desk from me and absent from us today on special assignment, Mark Demas will be calling in here hopefully in a little bit. But across the desk from me right down is Mr. Nate Dog. How you doing? How was your drive? It was awesome, JP. Uh, you know, as you know, we got about three inches, four inches of snow yesterday. Yes, it just we did. dumped here, but uh, quite warm, and so it's very wet and slushy out there. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, I, I kind of got back home last night about 9, and, and the temperature went from like 2 in the afternoon from about 34 degrees, and then it jumped up to about 38, about 8 o'clock. So it was one of those really wet, 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 get-your-feet-wet storms we had. Yeah, it was, it's really quite miserable out there. I really hope that it doesn't get cold tonight or it's oh, going to be a disaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Cause there's so much water laying around. I mean, just driving around yesterday, man, I was splashing everywhere and everybody. Yeah. It's going to be pushing freezing. It looks like tonight. Too, That's what right it looks around like. Yep, 30, yep. 32. So I was looking uh, right at that. Yeah. Don't be out and about this evening, folks. But I tell you what, why don't you tr- uh, get us right into the sports defensive trivia question? Because this is right up your alley. All right. So question of the week, what is, the underdog parlay on Bovada for this weekend on a $10 bet. Okay. So I have the answer as of two days ago. I don't know if it's changed or not. You guys are uh, into the, into the Bovadas and all that, uh-huh, that sort of uh-huh. thing. But I, I, I know I personally know, cause I wrote the question. I know the answer as of two days ago. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see if you have a different answer than I might, or I put on here just a couple of days It's ago. like a special bet that if you it's, bet on all the underdogs. Yeah, for, it's a special bet. Okay. Huh. And it's, it's quite interesting. I have not seen that. So for, for our listeners, Bovada is a uh, sports gambling website. Now, I'm not sure. It used to be based out of Canada. Now, I don't know. Vegas has its hands in it, I think, but I don't know where it's based out of. So whenever I get Cayman my – Yeah, when I get my checks <laughs> – from there when I do actually do well and get a check they come from all sorts of weird random places so uh anyway I'm a little less worried about it now that the uh now that sports gambling's exactly. been made legal we need to get ourselves uh, a Rapo Park revamp and get a casino down there and a sports boat yeah uh, we're gonna have to pay taxes I guess on those winnings this year huh that sounds like it that sounds like it I hate to hear that Boy, yeah good right. lord yeah Oh, so let's get some business out of the way. You know, do us a huge favor. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, under the handle at the Sports Offensive. You can find us on Instagram under the handle the underscore sports underscore offensive. Head to our uh, station website, thesportsoffensive.com. You can learn about us and all of our shows and listen to the current and prior episodes. Everything is archived on there. Again, that's thesportsoffensive.com. You can always catch us live via Blog Talk Radio player on our site. Check us out on demand on Blog Talk Radio. Tune in radio, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and iTunes podcast. I'd like to thank our show's supporters, Idiot Cult T-Shirts, Health Guru, EK Fit, and the Space Savers at Operation Organize. Find them on find their links on our site. We always love callers to contact contact us at 929-477-3204. That's 929 929- 
4773204. So Nate, you know, yep. I want before we get into all the good stuff here, I I brought this I I put this story on here with um Tyler Trent is Purdue student that passed away on New Year's Day with a very rare bone cancer. He's kind of the catalyst of, you know, he was he was at the game where they beat Ohio State uh, by 29 points. And uh, Jim Irsay, the, the Colts owner, actually flew him to their bowl game in his private jet. Passes away New Year's Day. You know, our hearts go out to, to that whole family and the whole cause. We all, you know, we all know someone that had cancer, died from cancer, fought cancer, beat cancer. I know personally, I know more than five or six or seven of them. So, you know, donate to the Jimmy V Foundation, whatever you can do. But we we wanted to bring this story up because some scumbag in Florida decided to threaten um, Tyler Trent's family, and he's being brought up on criminal charges. I, I don't know how you can thoughtfully even try to do this whatsoever i mean it's just absolutely insane am i wrong on this it's really upsetting jp um i mean what do you say about something like this obviously the guy is mentally ill you know i mean there's really no other way around it for me like how could somebody rationally act in a manner this way towards someone that has gone through something so tragically uh, is just mind blowing. So, and, I mean, the guy's obviously crazy. And, and, uh, and, and, and Tyler Trent was an inspiration to everyone he's come across. I mean, that Purdue team and that whole Purdue university took him in the country, took him in, you know, it was such an inspirational story. I know Tom, a great story. T- Tom yeah. Rinaldi did a great piece on ESPN on it. You know, he, he took the time to do it. And this, this scumbag's name is John Matthew, Tankum, 39, um, and he's uh, now been brought up uh, in the U.S. Southern District Court. So hopefully this guy gets something, the book thrown at him. I, I mean, get on a bullwhip to this this idiot. And I just I'm disgusted by this story. And yep. I wanted to start off, and I don't like I don't like to start off on a, on a bad note like that. But when you see something as as just sickening as this, yeah. like, I just wanted to get it out of the way. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we're while we're on the topic of sad stuff, you know, there's, I, I'm trying to find the name on my phone here, but there's a guy in the NFL, his daughter had, uh, I don't know if it was leukemia or something. And she's kind of had been an inspirational story as well. And I know they did a show on ESPN about him yeah, I, and I the know family it's, and uh, her. It's uh he graduated Penn state actually. Oh, it's, did he? Uh, oh yeah. It's, um, so she she passed away a couple of days ago. Oh, Actually, she, New Year's Eve, uh, oh, New man. Year's Day, maybe I want to say. Um, anyway, yeah, just uh, just terrible. Our heart goes out to the family. All our thoughts and prayers, and uh, yeah. So let's uh, JP, let's get all that crap out of the way and uh, move yeah. into some fun stuff. Uh, Definitely. Starting out here, uh, let's uh, talk about our little uh, following out in Las Vegas. We have. Exactly. Uh, is on assignment right now uh down in las vegas aka assignment (laughs) and uh his job is to drink bloody mary's and uh sit in the sports book today so exactly uh i think he's got he's got things going pretty well for him down there in uh, las vegas so uh he's down there with captain chavez and uh house and uh, a couple other guys that uh friends of the show so we're looking forward to uh from here to hearing from them, seeing what uh, what oh, the chaos is all definitely. about. Uh, Mark's hopefully going to check in with us here in a little while and uh, and uh, you know catch us up on the uh, happenings in Las Vegas. So 
Oh, my home away from home. I haven't, yeah. I haven't been there in so long. Yeah, JP, I think you and I are due for a trip, man. I, I think we are. Nick's trying to jump in on that. We're trying to my, – my friend Fed lives It'd down there It'd be fun now. to do a show down there from the what Sportsbook at MGM or something. I'm it sure we could – they'd probably let us do that. Oh, we just got to talk to the – uh, Talk to the uh, – the, uh, Entertainment director, you know, like yeah. uh, in, like the movie Casino when they yeah, made, right. uh, <laughs> made him the entertainment director. Uh, I wouldn't mind some flamingo you girls imagine dancing that? around. That'd be a nice job. That'd be a heck of a gig. Uh, I think we have Mark Edemus, Eric. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's bring let's, him on and let us uh, catch up on what's happening in Las Vegas. Mark, you're on the show. Oh, good morning. Uh, it is fantastic. The weather is beautiful here. I, I don't know if it's still a torrential uh, snowstorm out there in Colorado. Just lightly. Flight left on track. Oh, it's still coming down a little bit? Just, just barely. Yep, yeah. just a bit. Well, yeah, like I said, the, the weather here is wonderful. It's about, it was probably 65 when we landed. I was walking the strip last night in shorts and a Tommy Bahama shirt. Oh, no problems whatsoever. It, uh, it's been fantastic out here. Big difference from the last two years when I called into the show. As you, uh, as our listeners may know, uh, there's a group of us that come out here for the divisional round of the playoffs every single year. Uh, it's a favorite weekend of ours because it gives you two games to watch on Saturday, two games to watch on Sunday. Bet on those games, and you can sit and watch those games and get some drinks without spending too much time gambling and possibly throwing away any winning that you have. And <laughs> this week, <laughs> this week is different. There, uh, it's not that crowded. Um, hmm. Anderson went down to the sports book early to grab the seat. Ended up texting me saying, "You don't have to come down. It's it's quiet. It's empty. There's nobody here yet," uh, which is very different from last year. Last year we were there at I think 6:45, and by eight, uh, almost the entire sports book was spoken for. So I don't know hmm. if it's because Martin Luther King comes on a different weekend this year, and so people don't didn't come here for the short weekend, but uh, it's definitely a different feel and sadly far less shorties walking the strip. <laughs> well, it sounds like you guys better crank it up down there, get some people fired up. And for those of you that don't know what a shorty is, look up the urban dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mark kind of what's what's kind of the buzz around uh around the uh sports book this morning? Are there any kind of crazy bets going on? Any uh any upsets brewing? What uh what's kind of the talk this morning there in Las Vegas? Well, I know one of the things that's definitely uh is definitely going around is betting on Duke today, the basketball team. That's a huge bet that a lot of people are in favor of and I may be following suit. That wasn't one I was expecting, but uh, Marcus, we're you know that. how to you got to bet the opposite, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know anything about college basketball except I know Duke is usually pretty good. Um, I don't bet college basketball much, only when I'm in Vegas, and uh, I only pretend to think I know what I'm doing. And uh, I usually only bet like twenty bucks on those things because I, I know better. Um, <laughs> but I would say it seems very heavy on the Colts. Uh, you know, they they talk about the squares and the um, – oh, help me out. What's the other what, – what's a, what's a professional gambler? Uh, um, uh, I don't know, man. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not a not – a, uh, it, it, well, squares are the people who are the common better, 
And then there's the guys who do it for a living. It starts with an S. I can't think of the word for oh. some reason all of a sudden. You're not thinking of a and, wise guy, are you? No, it starts with an S. Anderson oh, okay. was talking about it all day yesterday. And uh, I, I, for some reason, like I said, I cannot remember what that word is. Someone However, help us out. Yeah, someone call into the show. The uh, It's the Colts are the darling right now in Vegas. It, it's, it's evident everywhere you go. Everyone thinks the Colts are going to cover that spread. Not necessarily win the game, but cover the spread. Not many people are optimistic on the Cowboys. The Rams are getting a lot of attention. The biggest talk in Vegas, of course, is the Patriots because you've got the two crowns. You've got the, the Chargers are going to take out the aging, ailing Patriots. And then there's the you're never going to beat Belichick and Rivers has never beaten Brady camps that are fighting down there. As far as the Eagles game goes, very interesting perspectives in that a lot of people are saying as long as the spread stays where it is, people are going to bet on the Eagles because it's an awfully large spread. But if we're to get down to seven or less, then people are talking about switching to New Orleans. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. I do know that all of us went in together on a parlay, uh, a teaser parlay with the Chiefs and the Saints. So it gives us some nice breathing room in that with a teaser, for those who don't know, that drops it by six points. So instead of having to cover 8.5 and um, I think it's five for the Chiefs, um, it, it's actually the opposite, in order to drops it by six points. It also drops your payout. So we bet $100. The winnings on your 100 are only $76, I think it is. You make like 176 I think, take home. So going to be interesting. But I would say though, that's the rumblies we've heard when we sat in the sports book for about two hours last night. Okay, interesting. So your gambler's nickname is, was, uh, was Captain Chavez saying fats, the fats down here? What is that? Uh, Fats. Uh, there's a famous gambler named Juan Fats Rodriguez. Or Minnesota Fats. Oh, <laughs> I I have no idea who they listen to. I I do know that they've got Sirius uh, Radio, and there's a gambling station now on Sirius as as gambling moves into accepted territory. Uh, oh following yeah, marijuana. Of and apparently, is. apparently, magic mushrooms are uh, on the ballot for Denver for 2020. Hey. So. There you go. I like it. So uh, I, I'll tell you what, you're talking about the Duke-Florida State game, uh, Duke's favorite by seven and a half. I'll tell you what, man, those, I like that game too. That's, I, I know a little bit about college basketball and Zion and the, and the crew there. That's a, that's a good road test for him. I think uh, Coach K has those guys show up ready to go over under at 158. Duke's averaging 90 points a game. Florida Ooh. State at about 78 and a half. Wow, I wonder why that's so There's low. another big game. That's what JP, I I'm sure you can help me here. Uh, the other game they were talking about last night on betting is betting against Gonzaga, and they're playing a school I, I wasn't familiar with. It's kind of a smaller school, I guess. Do you know who they're playing? They're playing San Francisco, and I'm going to tell you what. That That's actually it. is a pretty good bet because I believe San, San Francisco's 14-2 and two and unranked. I believe San Francisco beat them at least once last year. What's and the it, spread? And, uh, the spread is the Zags by 9.5. And it's in San Francisco. 
That's you you got to remember, well, San Francisco, big. a long, long time ago, won a national title back in the 50s. Yeah, and they not, not too long ago, didn't they win a game? I believe they won a game in the tournament. Yeah. I believe they won. As like a 14 yeah, seed they, they or beat, something. I'm, yeah. pr- I'm pretty sure if I, pull, if I pulled up the record, they beat Gonzaga at least one game last year and probably took them to the wire in the other. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Now, JP, is th- that's, it's the Monks, I believe, is, the, is, their, is their mascot. And is that mm-hmm. who Wilt Chamberlain played for? Oh, Wilt the Stilt. Um, that's a God. I don't even remember anymore who Wilt played for. But that's I don't know guess. who he played for, but I know a lot of pe- lot of people he played with. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, that sounds like a lot of fun, Mark. Have you guys decided on your bets yet down there, and what you're gonna where your money's gonna be? Boy, you know, it is – there has been some spirited arguments uh, going so far. And, uh, you know, we've got five of us here this year. We we've we've usually have four, but we uh, had the uh, Fanatics champion last year, House, has come to join us. And uh, in Vegas, there are certain uh, party favors that are now legal. And so between the five or six vodka drinks we had in the room before we headed out, uh, adding the two drinks we bought out on the strip, adding the vaporizer he brought from the dispensary. Um, there was a lot of inebriation and quite a bit of spirited discussion. There's a lot of fight on that first game. Let me just put it that way. There is the entire spectrum on what is going to happen in a few hours in Indianapolis. We don't know yet, is it going to be snowing? Is it going to be frigidly cold? Uh, is it going to be nicer? Is it going to be Andrew Luck super it hot? Looks, is it going to be? Last I looked, buddy, or I, I just heard on the radio about a half an hour ago that there is going to be probably some light snow. And and it's in Kansas City there, Mark. You, you said okay, in so Denver, that's so. even. Yeah. So what do we know about Kansas City? We know they've lost eleven of twelve in the playoffs. We know yep. they've lost six straight at home in the playoffs. We know that this is Patrick Mahomes' first playoff game. And if you look at last week, you see even good players who maybe didn't perform terribly, that first game is hard. It is hard to put down the butterflies. It is hard to put down the adrenaline. It is hard to focus. It's a big moment in a career. And while I would say Patrick Mahomes, uh, to me, seems extremely poised and mature for his age, I do wonder if that will be an effect. I have been on the Colts. I have thrown my money on the Colts, and I'm going with it, and I don't have any reservations about it. My, the Colts, to me, are my favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. So for them to beat Kansas City automatically covers the spread. Um, I do know that the others had not put a bet on that yet. They were a little wishy-washy on who they wanted to take. There's a yeah. lot of talk about taking the overs in that game, which I personally don't want to do because I believe, I believe it's too high of a number to be confident about in the playoffs. What do you guys think? Well, I, I like everything you said. Um, I, I think the Colts are certainly the hot team right now. I mean, they won like four or five straight coming into the end of the season. Uh, they played tough in their first playoff game. And uh, I do think they're kind of the trendy pick, but um, Kansas city is kind of showing that that defense really, that's not a playoff defense guys. It really isn't. Yeah, now right. 
I think Patrick Mahomes, this is just my synopsis of what's going to happen today. It could be totally wrong, but I have a feeling it is going to be fairly high scoring. I think both offenses will succeed. Uh, although I think the Colts defense is going to be the difference in this game. You know, I think uh, Mahomes is going to play spirited and play very well and keep them close down to the end. But I think the experience and the defense takes Indy over the top. Um, and I, you know, I, I bet on them just, just to win straight up. Uh, so and I threw down a pretty generous amount. So I'm excited to see what happens there. I like the way you say generous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll discuss those a little bit later. But, I mean, that's just kind of my take. And I honestly, Mark, I think that's the toughest game to pick today of all four. I think that's the toughest one. You know, I, I, can, see, I can see why you feel that way. And I, I agree that it's going to be very difficult. I, I'm also having a lot of trouble with the Patriots game uh, tomorrow, which, by the way, we have been coming here now. This is our fourth year in a row coming to the division round here in Vegas. And for the first time, the New England Patriots are not playing on Saturday night. It is epic yeah. that they are not playing. Uh, we're first very happy about five that. Years we've gotten very something like tired that. of that. Right. I mean, they've always been the, been the trendy big pick in the big game. And, uh, sure. you know, Nate, I wanted to veer off real quick um, and uh, just kind of give you a little synopsis on craps that we did last night. Oh. <laughs> we, uh, there's a lot of scenarios on craps that people have. There's a lot of different ideas. And you and I have been talking uh, a little bit this week about, you know, be careful. Uh, I'm don't just talking away about, early. Yeah, don't, conservative, yes. You know, don't, don't just say, okay, guys, you know, here's a shooter. Okay, I'm going to throw money on six, money on eight, money on four. Uh, three of the hard ways and uh, the come line of the field, right? I mean, you're just like, don't do not do that. Don't go crazy until you know what kind of a roller you've got or a shooter you've got. Mm-hmm. And we went to uh, our first table. We decided to hit up the Treasure Island. We've never done that so far. So we went to the tables in the Treasure Island. Uh, the other three boys ended up playing um, uh, the bubble craps, where there's like two big dice in this bubble and they bounce and stuff. And uh, they were just trying to get kind of a good feel for craps. It's not quite the same as playing the table. And we went to the table. Uh, you know, first couple of shooters were not oh, good. They we were like, oh, played, here we go. A couple of them have not played before. Is that correct? They they don't know. The other three guys don't know the rules very well. Oh, yeah. They, okay. they know Fun. how you play, but they would they would be nervous making bets because they just don't want – you know how it is, maybe, you know, you, when you taught me how to play craps, we were up in Blackhawk, yeah. I believe it was, or it might have been Vegas. Yeah. And you kept telling me, if you have a question, ask the dealer. Ask him what you want to know. And yeah, that's an important that's lesson for everyone. You can sit there and play, and you can bet no money or just put $10 on the pass line, which is the very first easy bet. Never say another word or never put another dollar down except for when you have to, you know, to new, a new pass bet. And just keep asking that dealer, what did he bet on? What did he bet on? What did he bet on? What does that pay? You know, what are the odds on that? How do I how do I do this? And they'll tell you everything. They're very nice. They're courteous. They're there to explain the game. Yeah. It's not a scam on you. And so when we went to Treasure Island, uh, we sat there. The first couple of shooters were kind of duds. Anderson, who promised he was going to take the dice this trip, did not. He decided to pass. He's and waiting for the moment. Went to the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it went to this uh, Samoan-looking guy, and this guy did terrific. He hit, uh, I think he hit four points, and oh, uh, wow. and, and 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 rolled pretty good, uh, pretty a, a pretty good length of time before he before he sevened out. 
And I didn't make a ton of money in Edgett Anderson on that first table. Um, I think I was up about 110 or so and ended up giving it back, unfortunately, because we had uh, four shooters in a row after that not do well. But I learned something that I didn't know. And if you have a moment, I'd like to tell you about it. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. So sitting next to this guy, or standing next to this guy, and he had a nice stack of chips, a lot of reds, a lot of greens, and so did the two guys next to him. And he kept telling the two guys next to him where they're betting, and they were obviously friends. Once they kind of had gotten into it and, and they were kind of picking up what he was doing, I started watching, and I started asking him a few questions. And I was like, well, I, I know what those bets are, but I'm a little curious about your strategy. But it's a strategy I hope to employ at some point um, if I get up enough to, to not feel nervous about it. And what they do is they do their normal pass line bet, which is the bet that the point is established when the shooter throws the dice on a brand new game. Whatever number comes up becomes the point. That's your pass bet. And then you put an odds bet behind it, um, saying that the guy will hit the point again before a seven comes up. Now there's another spot on the board called the come line. And what that is, is it's not where hookers are. It's where you put a bet and it's a second, it's a second point. Correct. It's a brand new, it's it's like, it's like it's the very first, because that first roll to establish a point is called the come out throw. And, if you put on money on a come line, you're saying, okay, well, this is I'm starting on this. <laughs> exactly. And so by doing that, you're now saying, oh, I'm letting this become the point. And then if he hits this number again before he hits seven, I win this bet just like I'd win a pass and odds bet. And what they were doing was they would do – they just kept doing $10 on the come line every bet until they had every, uh, every number covered. Yes. And then had odds bets on it. And then what you do is you continue to put $10 on the come line, and the guy keeps shooting and doesn't crap out, and he keeps throwing different numbers that come up. They just hand you whatever the amount of money is yes. that um, I've, I've is actually on that done that. I've employed that strategy before, and it does work if you have a good roller, obviously. Um, and it's the other thing that's fun about it is if, okay, you get – let's say you had your $10 and and the guy hits a six, right? So then your money goes from the come line up to the six. Now, if he hits a six on the next roll, you have the option to either take that money down at the odds payout that it is on the six. I can't remember what it is, five to four or something like that. But then you can, you, you can also parlay that bet, right, Mark, where you uh, double the odds on it. And then or double the money on it, and then it pays out even more the next time it hits. Sure, you can press it and put that money on there. Oh, yeah, press. Uh, they were doing not that. They were taking that money off. They were taking Every that time, money off. Yeah. But well, no, but they, but they they take the payout, right? And sometimes the dealer sure. would say, "Oh, give me two dollars to to get you know fifty or whatever it was," and then that ten dollars on the on the come line, they just leave that there. And so what they're saying to the dealer is. Even if my number comes up, I want you to pay me out, but I want you to leave my come bet there with my odds and just pretend that this $10 in the come line is now my new bet up on the number. And so they ended up having – I mean, I, I, at one point I had three of them, and it, that's where I made my money over a short period of time was that you just kept putting that $10 on the come line, and if the guy had hit a couple of points um, while he over the numbers, we would have made a good amount of money. Um, are we having some? No, I just okay. there was, there was uh, ESPN was picking something up, but I don't have ESPN open right now. 
Oh, that's weird. That was weird. I, I, just, I oh, was looking like I was like, sorry. ESPN's not open. I'm sorry about that. Go ahead, Mark. Well, the good news is I, I can hear you guys just fine, so I think everything's okay. Okay. Um, yeah, it was just coming out then, of my computer speakers. We uh, we then came back to the hotel here because starting to get a little tired, and you know we, we've been here enough years. We've really gotten good at Vegas. I mean, there were some years where we brought a ton of food and it was too much. <laughs> Um, we didn't probably bring enough booze this time because of the fifth person is making it a little bit. It's straining our vodka budget a little bit. But we've also found out that there is a Walgreens right across the street that I don't think was there before. Uh, so we can go and get more booze and stuff. And uh, they've got some nice places now on the strip where you can walk in and buy beers if you're walking, you know, when you're walking around. Anyway, we made our way back here to the Mirage, which is where we're staying. And we thought, you know, we never played craps. You know, you know, like well, you know, don't shit where you eat, right? So we had never played here, and we thought, you know, why not? Let's give them a let's give them a run. So we go to the craps table here. It uh, kind of goes back and forth, and there was no, uh, it was no big money being made, and there was uh, no uh, small money being made. But uh, we kind of took a little bit of a hit, kind of went back and forth. But then um, at the very, uh, Anderson basically decided he finally would take the dice, and started throwing the dice, and this one guy came up to us from out of nowhere and just started throwing all his money on the field. And uh, Anderson went on a pretty impressive field-rolling streak of, oh. uh, you know, hitting a lot of nines, a couple of 11s, I think, a, I think a couple of deuces, or maybe one deuce and one boxcar, and made the guy some good money except for this guy was crazy, and he kept, like, randomly throwing out, like, all of his chips. And then, of course, one time the field didn't hit, and he lost everything, and he was kind of grumpy. And you thought, well, dude, you were up like 500 bucks. Why weren't you putting that in your pocket? Yeah, but, um, so I, but when I saw all those coming up, I threw a $25 chip out there for the heck of it. I was at 125 uh, I had paid in a t- 100 So I was like, oh, I'm going home with my money. It's no problem. I'm just going to – I'm even on the night. Everything's looking good so far. I'm going to be happy. I'm just going to throw this 25 bucks out there on the field. And boom, it hit. And so I took it off, and I threw another one out there a couple rolls later. Boom, hit the field again. Suddenly I had a little bit of money to play with. Um, oh, the feel. I then, hate the feel. <laughs> but you can make money pretty quick, you know, and, and it's things that roll wins, right, which are kind of nice. And uh, after I built up a little tiny little bankroll, you know, outside of the 100 bucks I already had, you know, stashed in my pocket, um, basically with a couple of bad rolls, a couple of seven outs, and the table just empty. And it was just me and this Asian dude on the other end of the table. And it was his roll, so I just threw a little bit of money out there, and um, the guy established, I think the guy hit a six or an eight, and so I put the odds bit out there, and then I said, oh, I've got 10 bucks left. I'll throw that on the hard four or hard eight. The guy rolls like three times, and then boom, double fours, and gets the hard eight. I had a nice little payout. Then all of a sudden, he rolls and establishes the point on four. So I put the odds bit out there again and threw $10 on the hard way four. A couple of rolls in, boom, guy hits the hard four. And then oh, he did it again, fun. I think, with hard 10. And so cool. in the span of about, I want to say, eight minutes, I think I made 175 bucks. And uh, ended up putting most of it then in my you're pocket. I had two fifty in my pocket money. at that point. Right, I had two fifty in my pocket. I played that last twenty five until it was gone, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm going out. I'm going to bed tonight. Up one hundred and fifty, and I threw hundred bucks on my bet for this morning. So I'm basically playing on house money already, which is a great way to start your trip in Vegas. And uh, Captain Chavez uh, just uh, entered the room. How are things down in the sports book? Hey, looking good. Getting ready to. Uh games kick off in about 30 minutes so, so uh, are we are we still thinking duke and are we still thinking the uh the uh, go, uh san francisco uh, yeah exactly a little pepperdine a little texas as well so 
can I give you cash to throw on just those two? Absolutely, whatever you want, buddy. All right, hey guys, go ahead and talk amongst yourself. I'm going to do a little gambling here for a moment. Okay. All right, thanks for your uh, introspective there, my friend. <laughs> uh, that was that was Absolutely. good. That was good stuff, guys. Uh, and yeah, we'll probably try to periodically check back in with Mark and the fellas uh, just to see how things are going down there in Vegas. But uh, I don't know if you want to just continue on with the NFL or do you want to bounce back to college and review that game a little bit or what are you feeling? You know, we could roll right into the NFL. We got no more okay. college games going. So, yeah. you know, we could Maybe always get to that last. Uh, there. Now okay. let's, uh, let's look at last week and how everybody did here. Yeah. Um, the, absolutely. The, uh, uh, blah, 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 uh, <laughs> wild card weekend. So um, let's see. Uh, I was, so we have, I'll review the games while you're getting organized yeah. over there. So I uh, first game was the Colts and the Texans, which the uh, Colts pretty much dominated. They were up 21 to zero almost the whole game, and uh, I think the Texans scored a touchdown kind of right at the end there. So it did end up 21 to seven. Colts moved on. I think that maybe was a little bit of a surprise to people. The Texans couldn't really do much on offense. Um, and they look, the Colts look sharp and are kind of the darling right now. So game two was the Seahawks and the Cowboys, which the Cowboys were able to win with a field goal at the very end, right? Uh, they won by two, uh, 24-22. And uh, game three was Chargers-Ravens, which the uh, score is a lot closer than the game actually was, which ended 23-17. to But uh, Baltimore scored, I think, pretty much all those points in what the last, like, six minutes of the game. I think they had three early uh, Baltimore on. went 21 to seven. I mean, I'm sorry. Baltimore lost 21, seven, 23, 17. That's what's in the notes. Oh, I must've hit it a typo then. Oh, okay. That's, that's my bad. No, it was, uh, it was, uh, I've got, I'll put it right here. Okay. My yeah, bad. It was, it was 21, seven. Okay. 21, yeah, they, seven. They've got that garbage touchdown kind of, I think in the, like at the end of the third quarter. Wait, I'm talking about the chargers. Oh, and the I'm, my bad. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. So 23, 17 is right then. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, yeah, you're yeah. right. My bad. So Lamar kind of did a couple. He he did well at the very end of the game. They yeah, scored two the, touchdowns. That, yeah, my, I'm sorry. At I, the I, end. I, I, I was hearing, no, you're good. I heard the C and I was thinking Colts. No, you're good. We already reviewed that. So yeah, the Chargers end up winning 23-17. Um, they didn't look as good as I thought they could on offense, but uh, you know they're kind of another darling that I think a lot of people are liking for the Super Bowl this year. Um, and then finally we had the Eagles at the Bears. And, uh, boy, we had all sorts of crazy things happening in yes, that game. Did. And uh, the finish to that game obviously ended up actually being called a blocked field goal yes. uh, by the uh, by the Eagles over the Bears. So the Eagles end up winning the game 16-15 to 15 on a uh, ball that hit the left upright and then the crossbar on yes, its it way did. down <laughs> and did not go through. So Not even close. Uh, crazy games last week jp so yeah, what did so, you find out over there okay so i went two and one um i picked the colts to win i picked the seahawks to win and they lost and i picked the chargers and of course as herb street and fowler i always do not pick my team the game that i would have called <laughs> the eagles game so i gave you my uh, synopsis on that so that was not available um you uh went two and two you picked the colts you picked the seahawks you picked the Ravens and you picked the Eagles. Eagles. So you went two and two and Mark picked the Texans. So that's a loss. Seahawks loss, picked the chargers. That's a win. And he picked the bears. So he went one and three. 
So that was that was our expertise there in the wild card. Yeah, round. so that's I mean, yeah, overall we were basically 500 between yeah, the three of us. Basically, yep, that that's exactly right and you know, we got to come down here to the divisional round here today after we talk about and put our picks in for the day. Um let's get right into the games. I mean, first off here today is going to be that um Colts Chiefs game, which is a really interesting game for me, and I know we've we've hit on this a little bit uh, leading in. Um, your thoughts? Because here's where I'm going to come at you with this one. A, it's 33 degrees right now at Hourhead. They pretty much got snow, I think, last night, mm-hmm. just like we and did. It's, yeah, it's supposed and, to be uh, snowing when game starts. I yeah, that's what that's what I'm, I'm looking on at Aki weather right now. Uh, what really worries about me about this Chiefs team is. Not besides the defense is of the running game not being there in this type of game against this type of team. Yeah, I mean, obviously in that weather, you don't know what the passing, how it's going to affect the passing game. Uh, although I haven't seen anything affect Patrick Mahomes yet. So. No, including a left-handed <laughs> uh, throw and they, a look throw. Right, yeah, he's been unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have any doubts about the Kansas City offense. I think, you know, Damian Williams, who's filled in admirably the last couple of weeks yeah. with uh, – with the whole Kareem Hunt situation, obviously. Uh, I don't think he's a big-time back, you know. I think he's right. he's kind of your, like, scat back. So, I think, you know, you'll see him probably get three to four catches today. Uh, you know, they'll try to run the football just to keep the offense balanced. I don't think they're going to have a lot of success running it. So, that's why I think it just gets abandoned pretty early by both teams. Yeah. And uh, I think you're going to see – so a lot of fucking throwing the ball, you know, I think yeah. Marlon Mack, I think he might have some success at the end of the game. If the Colts are ahead, uh, cause they'll probably, you know, try to shove it down Kansas city's throat. Keep, keep that offense off the field. Uh, I would imagine that'd be their strategy when they're ahead. But again, as we talked about earlier, this is the hardest game for me to pick. Um, I just think there's so many wild cards and uh, th- there just isn't really enough history with the uh, with the two teams or with Patrick Mahomes or, you know, the weather being a wild card is just kind of, you know, hard to say. Well, you, you hit it right on the head. I mean, there's no history with Mahomes in the playoffs. Andrew Luck took the whole year off last year. Shaky to start, obviously had to get the rust off. And now he's looking unbeatable, quite frankly. You got T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack that are, and Ebron. Um, that are looking crazy good right now. And the way they shut the Texans down was That's the story to me. I mean, obviously, yes. Uh, To see Andrew Luck come back and and be healthy and play at a high level is really fun and cool. I mean, everybody probably had their doubts at the beginning of the season. I mean, the guy's almost missed two years. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's really been a lot of fun to watch him rebound and have a great season. T.Y. is another week healthy. Uh, He's not 100%, but he's still been very good. Um, you know, Marlon Mack was really good last week in the playoff game, rushing for over 100 yards and oh, yeah. if not one touchdown, a two even maybe. I know he had one. Uh, so anyway, he was fantastic. But the Colts defense is the story for me, JP. Uh, the young defense playing really well. They got that linebacker in the second round and they uh, picked the linemen up in the first round, the offensive linemen. So a uh, good draft for the Colts this year. I think that yep. helped. Uh, I think new coach Frank Reich coming over from the Eagles, as exactly. you know, um, boy, is he a great coach. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to give and, you Marlon Mack stats last week. Yeah. He went 20, for 24 for 146 and one touch. Okay. 146 and one touch. That's Against a big the game. Texans deep. 
that's a big game. So again, if the Colts get up at some point in the second half, you're going to see a, a steady dose of Marlon Mack. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, but yeah, I think I do think the Colts defense is kind of the story. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, got to remember uh, three three weeks back they shut the Cowboys out. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, you know, I think that's what kind of wins this game going down the stretch at the end is that somebody's going to have to make a stop. And it seems to me like the Colts are the more likely team that are going to make a stop. I think both Mm -hmm. quarterbacks are going to play inspired and uh, play well. And, you know, it's going to be a fun game. Yeah. This is going to be one of the funner games to watch. I think. Yeah. Not that they're all going to be fun, but this one, this one has the making of, I wouldn't be surprised to see them both score in the 30s, maybe yeah. even one of them in the 40s. I mean, it's going to be. What's the over/under in this game? Talk to have your. Uh, it, I think I thought I saw 58, but I'm not sure if it was that high or not. Um, uh, I got 56 and a half. 56 and a half on, on the. That's, that's more accurate here. I have Bovada as we look here. 56. 56. So. Yeah. I think it opened at 58. Yep, and I think it did, actually. 56, and it's uh, KC by – favorite by five on that one. But, um, yeah, this is a – you know, how do you like the, the way they set these games up? You know, obviously, we're, we're in mountain time. The game's on at 11.05, and then they back it up. Or, this is great. 11, oh, it's on the 2.30 – oh, they, they, that's right. It's uh, They do late games today. They do – uh, three o'clock and yeah. like and like six thirty or something. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Um. So they do the late games on Saturday. Do the early games on Sunday. Um. Do you yep. like that format? <sighs> you know, no, I don't think I do. I, <laughs> I don't know. I I don't really. I like the the day game. You know, I like to yeah. have my evening on the weekends to be able yeah. to go do stuff. So. If it was up to me, I'd do eleven and two, eleven and two, like the traditional. Traditional. You yeah, know. yeah. Um, that's how I would do it. Because we mentioned until we get to the big games. Yeah, and we mentioned the Patriots have been on it for like five straight years yeah. on Saturday night. And and that that's a great question. I mean, I don't want to get too far off topic, but why is the Super Bowl on Sunday? That you know the. That is a great kid, and I we don't definitely don't want to get off topic, but that's yeah. like the worst day to have a, to Dude, have a game. To me, okay, after this week. All the games should be played on Saturday. Yeah, you know you have I, no college games going. Yeah, on. I'm okay nothing. with this format next week. Yeah, you know if it's Saturday or or I'm sorry, let's go one game Saturday night, one game Sunday night. You know, and then for the Super Bowl, we do you know Saturday night. Yeah, or you know late Saturday afternoon. Well, it, but, it's it's an it's a very well known fact that the um, <clears throat> the biggest day of people calling in sick to work is the day after Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. I mean, they did a study on it one year and the, they did. It, it goes up by like 45% of people calling in sick to work. And for those of you that missed out on all the uh, Black Friday slash Christmas deals on TVs, this is actually the best time to buy a TV. Yes, have, it is. It, better than Christmas and Black Friday. Oh, yeah. Uh, the week, I found that the out. week before uh, the the week before the Super Bowl. So go uh, go check out TVs. If you need one new, you can get some great prices. Yeah, right there's now. some super I, – I yeah. saw I got something of about 70% off. Yeah, it's amazing. So. <laughs> that's, uh, that's when they're selling TVs. So, um, okay, so moving into the second game. Yep. Uh, is that the Cowboys game? Cowboys-Rams. Yeah, Cowboys-Rams LA, tonight. LA, prime time. LA, prime time in a soccer stadium. No, no, no. That, the, the LA – Oh, this is the college stadium. This is the oh, college. You got Mark back there. Okay. I just wanted to uh, jump on real quick and uh, 
I was uh, listening to what you guys were saying there as we kind of were getting our bets in here, and I could not agree more that we talked about how there was a few years ago there was some sort of a weather phenomenon. I don't remember exactly what happened, but they ended up doing early games both Saturday and Sunday due to the weather. And we have talked about that here in Vegas about we agree with you 100%. Why not always have early games? No one needs to be at home and, you know, at the end of the, at the, end of the day on Sunday, especially when you've got to work on Monday, you know, right. watching the football when you could watch it early and then you can go get your day finished. You can do your errands done. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, you could say you could do it beforehand, but you know what? I like having the day left after the games are over. You know, <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's an old person's perspective, but I couldn't, you know, <laughs> that's how I feel. So. Yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it's kind of an interesting phenomenon. And, you know, we've talked, I think a few times on this show about the, uh, Super Bowl Saturday phenomenon. Yeah. And again, and you guys brought up a great point. Why aren't the AFC and NFC championships on Saturday? Let us party. Let us have a day afterwards to relax. I, I, I don't understand the thought process other than probably the NFL is just kind of arrogant and says, hey, this is how we've done it. We're going to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, great, uh, great input. I Did you, and you heard kind of what we said about the Colts and the Chiefs. We just kind of analyzed that game. Um, I, you know, I, I do think the Colts defense is the difference at the end of the game. You know, I think that's what takes them over the top. Now, whether they win the game or not, I don't know. I'm, I'm more just talking about covering the spread, I guess, but sure. Uh, sure. I do, no, I, I do I, believe I they cover that. Yeah. So, uh, and we're just moving into the, to the next game, buddy, which is the, uh, the Cowboys and the, uh, the Rams. The Rams. So the game is in in your kind of home area there in Oakland, right? In the Coliseum. Uh, is there any buzz yeah. about uh, about California there? About the Rams and their new team? Well, what I would say is that the buzz is about the Raiders, of course, because the stadium is going up. We drove right by it. It is right off the strip. Um, it looks like a nice little stadium. It's not a big stadium, but uh, do you know what the capacity kind of is? I think they, I think they said like sixty-two thousand. Oh, that's—I mean, that's so, not bad. No, it's not tiny, but for a for a city in Vegas, you know, for Vegas where you could get so many people, we thought it was a bit small. But I think the reasoning behind that is because of where it's located. The Uber mm-hmm. driver was saying it's going to be absolute hell getting out of the city or getting out of the stadium um, any kind of any kind of game day. So that might be why they've chosen a smaller size, just because the flood of people coming out into the freeway right where the freeway turns off into the strip uh, could make for for some pretty uh, dastardly travel. So, For sure, man, for sure. Yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on the Cowboys game, buddy? Do you have any uh, anything to say? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn because this is one of those bets where you feel an instant – uh, recoil, oh, the, the Rams are going to roll. You know, it's going to be over. The Rams have a tough defense that can stop Ezekiel and, you know, marginalize Amari Cooper. They've got Gurley back, who's you know, might be the best player in all of football. They've got uh, Goff one year older. They've got a nice new coach. They had a great year. Cowboys are, you know, just kind of limped into the playoffs and whatnot. So it becomes that concern of the bookie bet. You know, is it possible that, you know, this is – because it's the opposite of what anyone thinks is going to happen, it could very well happen. And you and I, and I'm sure JP as well, 
have had more than a few bets where the bookie bet um, or the going against the public I, uh, really was important. I don't know why, but the, I've been sitting here for now for about an hour, and as each minute goes by, I'm realizing I really probably should be betting more and more on the Cowboys. I, I don't know why, but you know how you get that feeling sometimes? I don't know. It could just be gas, but, I, you know, I, I think uh, I've just got a good feeling about the Cowboys covering what, today. Uh, the Cowboys have a decent fan base in L.A., just like everywhere, but they yeah. do their – because they do their, um, you know – all their preseason practice out in California. Yeah, and that defense is good. And, I mean, if they're smart, which I think they are, they're going to run the rock, you know, and that's going to keep the game close. You know, if, if Ezekiel is just too good to not have success. Yeah. So, um, you know, whether that's running the ball or, or short throws, they're going to get him involved. So uh, I do think Dallas's defense is what keeps him in this thing because, you know, I don't see him being very explosive. They're not going to have any big plays. You know, I'd be really surprised if that happened. Uh, the Rams' defense is too disciplined for that. But right. uh, I, I, I do think the Rams have kind of struggled down the stretch a little bit. Oh, oh they definitely uh, have. You know, Gurley maybe isn't 100%. Uh, you know, the losing Cooper Cup has exposed them a little bit on offense. They were so dominant with those three receivers, you mm-hmm. know, with Woods and Cooks and uh, and Cup. And, you know, not that this other guy is a bad player. Uh, Reynolds, I think his name is. But it's just not the same threat that they had before. And I think, you know, teams have had a year, year and a half to see what McVay does now. And so I think they've made adjustments and uh, they've, you know, they've seen a little bit less success down the stretch. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of hype around the Rams, and I think the Cowboys are flying under the radar here. And this is just that quintessential underdog bet, man. And I just love it. Uh, I've already got a hundred on them, but I might throw another hundred. So, well, there's a lot of analysts that like exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I, 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 I would. I flipped through a bunch of the sports shows yesterday. Yeah. And they all did their picks for the weekend. There's a lot of people jumping on the Cowboys in this game. Man, their their defense is the real deal. So you know, if there's any team that can make a good defense look bad, it's the Rams. Oh, of I course. mean, you know, the Vikings. <laughs> you know, they've had they've kind of had their ups and downs this season, but. Uh, you know, they, they were pretty fantastic on defense at the end. I mean, yeah. they had the, the teams against them had the least amount of success on third down. So they were first in that category and then points against, they were pretty high as well. I think top eight. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty good defense. I mean, the Rams just made mincemeat of them. Yeah. And I mean, fortunately the Vikings played well on offense that night and made the game close, but, right. um, you know, beside the point, the point is the Rams do have that ability. They do. You know, and you know, Sean McVay has got a little something in his pocket that he has that he hasn't. Because remember, yes, Dallas he has is not the shown accident yet. waiting to happen. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a fake field goal or a fake kick today either from uh, from Johnny Hecker. He's had a lot of success in the past uh, with fake with fake punts. Um, so that I think that's something to maybe watch for, but I think Dallas is certainly going to be uh, watching for it. But uh, Dallas is the team I like, man. So that's uh, that kind of wraps up our Saturday slate, right? Yeah, I, I'm kind of torn on this one. You know, I, 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 everything's saying Dallas covers his spread, but for some reason, I think the Rams pull something out, 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 mean, out of that magic hat. And just do something incredible at the end of this game because I I really feel bad for the Seattle Seahawks last week losing their kicker in what the first quarter 
and they had no one to kick. The, I mean, that onside kick was just absolutely hysterical that they tried at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> you can't. I mean, it was horrible. But you have to feel bad for the Seahawks because the Seahawks could have won that game last week. So I think McVay might have something up his up his sleeve for this one. I I don't know. Oh, it's going to be a, this is going to be a really interesting game. I'm actually making sure I get home a little bit early tonight to actually sit down and analyze this a little yeah. bit more. Cool. Well, uh, let's get through the other two Sunday games quick, then we'll make our picks and, uh, you know, go from there. Um, so then next on the slate, we've got, is it the Patriots game, the first game? Yep. Patriots. Yeah, Patriots yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Patriots chargers in new England. Um, so new England coming off a bye. You know, getting some time to get a couple of their guys healthy. Gronk has not looked himself this season. No. Um, you know, some of the running backs, Michelle has been kind of injured the last couple of weeks. So they got a little buy and kind of the advantage to let the, you know, their old quarterback rest and, and all of that. So uh, the Chargers, another kind of darling guys. I think a lot of teams or a lot of uh, critics and such are up on the Chargers, you know, uh, veteran quarterback and Phillip Rivers the defense is playing well with young guys Bosa and Derwin James and uh, you know some really explosive type players on defense Uh, you you have a great offense with Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen and uh, some other pieces there as well Uh, did I did did we see is Hunter Henry gonna play today or tomorrow I I believe he's off he's off the injury report yeah yeah wow he is so that's interesting. I mean, I don't even know if the guy sees the field or not, but man, that could be an, a really big wild card tomorrow. All of a sudden to have a weapon like that, if he's, you know, even if he's 80%, wow, that makes a big difference over big fat Antonio Gates. <laughs> you said it. So Antonio is the one that fumbled against the Ravens. Yeah. Out there when they cost them. Yeah. yeah. So I, okay. I, I think, to me, this is another one of those games I think everybody thinks, oh, the Chargers are hot coming in. You know, the Patriots are kind of getting old. They look exposed. Well, don't fool yourselves, people. This is Bill Belichick. This is Tom Brady. This is the five-time Super Bowl champion, Tom Brady. Uh, they are going to be ready for this game, and I guarantee you Bell, uh, Bill Belichick has an incredible game plan ready for this team. So. I, I agree with you. Um, and this is the second straight week the Chargers have to fly to the East Coast, yep. which is terrible to make a team have to do that. But that's the way it played out. Yeah. And, and that's just that's so hard on a team to do. It, it is. And, but the, he, here's a stat that I don't think a lot of people realize. The Chargers have not lost outside of the state of California this year. Wow. That's a really good stat. <laughs> They're undefeated. Uh, that's an amazing stat actually for game from a gambling perspective, but I don't know, man. I mean, if I had to do it, I'm going to do it every time I'm going to throw my money on the old dependable. Uh, I think honestly, my synopsis of this game is that it is very close throughout. Uh, I do believe the chargers will be ahead at the end. And I do believe we will get some Brady, 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 man. Boy, I tell you what, I, I hate to just agree with you, yeah. but it definitely looks I, – I mean, this is, I, I think, Philip Rivers' really last real run at this. And I think that the Chargers will be ahead at the end. And I think Brady is either – he's going to show that he still has it at age 41. Or this is it. Or maybe. this is it. Yeah. You know, as Max Kellerman always says, that clip's right there. It is. And, he's and, teetering. And he's teetering on it. Make no mistake about it. So, this, this we could see maybe Brady's final greatest moment. Or we might see him – Or Brady's folly. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Right? Well, either way, it's going to be interesting. Marcus, you have anything to say or input on that game? 
So, I mean, a lot of what you guys are saying I, I kind of can mirror. Um, but I, for me, I'm a little different on the end of the game. I do think the Chargers are going to win this game. I think that what we're looking at is you finally are seeing the chinks in the armor for the Patriots. Um, and I know it's, it's kind of foolhardy to say that because how many times have people said, oh, now they're done, oh, now they're done, and, you know, they just they win the Super Bowl at the end of that year, and you feel like a fool. But what's different this year from the other years is in other years, it's going into the playoffs, they looked great. They looked strong. They looked intimidating. They figured things out down the stretch. This year is the opposite. They look weak going into the stretch. Now, does that mean that That's Bill Belichick like over two weeks of <laughs> – Right. With Bill Belichick with two weeks of time to plan, you know, it, it, you're, you're betting against the master. And that's a, that's not that's not usually a bet that you're going to win, but uh, yeah, I'll be honest. I I think I think this is going to be I think this is going to be. <clears throat> is this the end of an era, Marcus? Yeah, I think it was. I think it already happened when the Eagles beat them. I think the Eagles winning that game in the end, right at the end in the Super Bowl last year. I think that finally broke the mystique, and it's just like Tiger with his red shirt on Sunday, right? Once you broke the mystique, you don't really ever get it back. And I don't think people are afraid of the Patriots anymore. And, you know, the Chargers last week, they went out east with a big chip on their shoulder, and they won. And now they're going out with a big chip on their shoulder against the Patriots. And, I, you know, Phillip Rivers has never beaten Tom Brady. They've always been the also-ran. They've never really kind of gotten deep in the playoffs and made a big threat in his, in his career. And I think Phillip is ready to do it. I think he's going to make a charge. I think we could see a, I think we're going to see a Colts and uh, Chargers AFC championship. But uh, even if we don't worry about who wins the game, as far as the betting line goes, what, do you know what the current line is for that game? Yeah, I have it right in front of me. It's pa- uh, Patriots minus four. Patriots minus four. Yep. Boy, you know what? I that I like I like whatever for the win. I, I like I like the bet on the Chargers thing because I could see a field goal at the end deciding that game. Well, there you go. There you go. That makes sense. So, and the over under is a forty eight right now is what I have. I don't know what Pavada has. Uh, the over under is forty seven and a half. Forty seven and a half. Yeah. Yep. What do you think about that? That, that seems a little bit low for these two teams. It does seem low. Yeah, I agree. I would I would bet the over oh. there if I had to. And they've got Melvin Gordon back uh, off the uh, injury list, so that uh, that should only help their fortunes in terms of, of putting a few more points on the board. Yeah. Well, um, okay, so moving into the last game, I guess. Uh, sounds like we pretty much summed that one up. Um so to, to to finish up the weekend, guys, we got the uh, the Saints, right? Saints Eagles, yep. Yep, mm-hmm. Saints Eagles. So uh, again, kind of in a similar situation, we've got a Saints team that's uh, you know I think people have seen all year. That's kind of maybe the best team in the NFL, or thought of as maybe the best well-rounded team in the NFL. Uh, Drew Brees, what two interceptions this year? Something uh, ridiculous. Yeah, like that. forty touchdowns. So. Either he or Pat Mahomes is going to win that MVP, and uh, that that offense just keeps on trucking. Kamara, uh, Ingram, 
Michael Thomas, you know, he just has so many weapons on that offense and uh, he just doesn't make very many mistakes. So Drew Brees is incredible. He's going to be fun to watch, but on the flip side, got Mick magic, the Eagles and uh, St. Nick, uh, just a fun story, man. I, I, I mean, JP, what do you got to say about it, man? I mean, you're the, you're the Philly guy. Well, I'll tell you what, man, they both came out of the same high school. Um, they both, they're gunslingers. I mean, St. Nick is perfect for Doug Peterson and Drew Brees is perfect for Sean Payton. And you're oh, not Foles and Brees went to the same high school. Yeah. No way. Yeah. It's uh, was it Westlake in Texas or something wow. like that is what is where they went. Um, this is going to be an interesting game. I know it was 48-7 and a complete shellacking the first time in the Dome when, when they met. The Eagles were extremely banged up that game. Um, and it was that the, Carson's first game back? It wasn't Carson's first game back. Okay. Um, no, it definitely wasn't. Okay. Carson came back way earlier in the okay. year, kind of against Andrew But was Luck he and, beat up still kind of? I think he was yeah. still – I think that his back was hurting him then because they didn't realize there was a stress – uh, a stretch fracture there. Um, this game was just ugly. The Eagles really didn't show up to play. It was just one of those games where the Saints just dominated them. I don't see that happening this time. Uh, I think you're seeing a more of a 38 to 21 game, 38 24 game. Um, but the variable is Saint Nick. I mean, Doug Peterson seems to pull some kind of magic out of his ass that keeps him in games. And this defense is playing well right now, especially the front seven. And here's how Dallas beat Drew Brees. They blitzed him all the freaking time. Drew had no time to throw the ball. When I watched that game, Drew Brees was under pressure every throw that he threw. And that's why he threw one of his picks in that game. And he looked horrible when he could have took the team down and beat the Cowboys. I mean, that was a 12-10 game, I think. Yeah. I, or something ridiculous like that when they lost at the Cowboys. Yeah, and I think you're, you're 100% right. Um, you know, that Philly front seven is really going to be the key, I think, to the game. Uh, the, the secondary certainly has had its struggles. Yeah, um, they're, they're, they're on their ninth cornerback right now. But you know, I mean, you could put you, me, and Marcus out there at cornerback if you have a pass rush. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's certainly the key on defense in the NFL. But uh, you know, if if they're able to buy some time, then uh, it, it could get ugly. So I I think that this is the one game that isn't close this weekend. I think the other three are all close. I think. Unfortunately, I do think the Eagles have found, you know, they found their lightning in a bottle, and I think it, the bottle gets broken this weekend with uh, Drew Brees. So H- highly probable. Yeah, no, I do. I, th- I think more scores, on the bottle. I think your scores are are pretty good. I mean, I think thirty-eight twenty-four, something like that, sounds pretty reasonable to me. Thirty-five twenty-four. Uh, I, yeah, I do. I think the Saints just kind of roll away here. They're just so dominant on both sides of the ball. Uh, I, I think if Philly's going to do it, then they need to keep it close in the first half. Yeah, it has you know? to be close in the first. Yeah, and I think if they come out in the second half and they show the Saints, hey, we can play and we're here and we mean business, then it will be a good game. Uh, so I think that's going to be the story. If they let the Saints come out and start fast, that game is going and, to and be over at I, If I believe, if I remember right, that's what happened a lot. I think it was like 14 yeah. nothing already like yeah. eight minutes in but the game. But, again, the Saints, too, have shown some, you know, uh, some vulnerability down the stretch here. Yes. You know, they haven't looked as great as they had early on in the season. You know, all the teams really, Kansas City really did seem to rebound, but it seemed like the Rams and the Saints really did kind of falter down the stretch offensively a little bit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they got back and, uh, you know, with the week off and the bye week and time to prepare. So, but I do think the Saints roll in this one, guys. So 
Um, you guys want to give your scores? I'll start with uh, with. You want to do scores or do a quick trivia question, real quick? Oh, should we wrap up the trivia question? You want to do the trivia question? Let's take a real quick because I think Marcus Marcus is going to want to hear this trivia and the answer to this trivia question since he's uh, before before we do that. Can I can I give my analysis on the uh, Eagles? Yes. Oh, that yeah, we didn't want to. So first of all, I want to say the sports offensive does not endorse Nate's comment about Mark anyone in a cornerback capacity. Uh, I don't care how fast the pass rush is, I'm getting burned. So uh, that's number one. Number two, uh, the uh, there is something to be said Press for a team in the playoffs. What's that? Press coverage. Press coverage. There you go. Just just gotta lock them up for a few seconds. Yep. Just lock and, them up uh, for a second. There, there is precedent in my mind, at least, for teams that have kind of a miraculous finish in terms of. Uh, in this, in, in terms of the Eagles, the um, whether it was, uh, I mean, I know they say it was blocked. I haven't seen the replay to see that it was blocked, and I hope it was for Parkey's sake. Um, so it doesn't look like he was a complete, you know, goat. And I also give a lot of credit to the Chicago Bears players. I didn't hear one of them, you know, complain or or you know or or rip into the kicker. They were like, "Hey, man, this is a professional job. It's not easy. None of it's easy." And if he got blocked, you know, then it's it's, it's a hundred times less his fault. Right now, it's now it's the line's fault for not blocking him. But either way, the Eagles pulled off a miracle. And there is something about pulling yeah. off a miracle that leads to success. And it leads to a feeling of invulnerability. I talked before about breaking that mystique with the Patriots or breaking that mystique with Tiger in the red shirt on Sunday. It, 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 not only can you break that and cause it to be very hard to get it back, but you can create it and make it very hard to take away. And I think that gives the Eagles a significant chance in this game, which I would have given them none otherwise. But that miraculous win, to me, gives them a real shot. And I just think that everyone kind of thinks that the Saints are going to roll. And it just goes back to that same old thing. So many times when we think someone's going to roll and then nothing happens, or then the opposite happens. So, um, And also, real quick, before I forget, I want to put this back in the safe. So we did throw down on both the Dukies and on San Francisco, 25 each. Uh, those games are starting very quickly, or they may have already started. Um, and then yeah. the three bets that I have out besides those two, I have the um, the Colts for $100, I told you guys, and that's at a plus five. I've got a two uh, a six-level teaser, a plus six teaser, Rams and now are negative one, Saints at negative 2.5. That pays... 176.95 on a $100 bet. And I've got a four-team parlay with the spreads. And I took the Colts at plus five, the Rams at negative seven, the Chargers at plus four, and the Eagles at plus eight and a half. So just wanted to get those out there for everybody listening to uh, know what my bets actually are right now and uh, hopefully make some cash. So yeah, go All ahead right. and jump into that trivia question. Well, um, well, let's take a let's take a real quick short break here. We'll jump right into the tri- trivia question here in about 30 seconds. You're listening to the Sports Offensive. Yeah, I'm sick of it. Yeah, 
And we're back. This is the Sports Offensive. JP and Nader, the TSO South Studios. Mark Ademus is on assignment in Las Vegas. We're about to jump into the trivia question, which is a betting question this week. So this should be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I might need JP to clarify for me a little bit. I'm I not sure I quite to. understand the question, but the question is printed in front of me again for our listeners and for Mark in Vegas. What is the underdog parlay on Bovada for this weekend on a $10 bet. So I, I asked JP before what exactly that means. Um, I think there's some sort of like special bet there's that they're a, endorsing. There's a special right? bet on Bovada okay. that if you put $10 on all the underdogs, it pays out a certain amount if they win. Oh, is what it is. I see. Okay. So a $10 parlay on all four underdogs. Hmm. Okay. Well, Does we that know number that has four... some significance. Um. It never has some significance of the uh, what you get paid out. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's an interesting well, bet. That's why, that that's we why. Know that number, we know that number four bet on a parlay is what makes the money. You know, that, that fourth bet is yes. what really puts you into the odds of making big bucks. So I'm going to say, and it's just a wild guess, and I could be completely wrong, but on a, only a, you said a $10 bet, correct? $10 bet, and this was as of two or three nights ago. So on a ten dollar bet, I'm gonna go three hundred and twenty five dollars. Okay. I think that's pretty close to what it would pay out. In like actuality, it's probably a little less than that. It's probably more like one eighty something like that. Uh, I kind of forget how the odds work on those parlays. So I think if this is a special bet, they're probably paying out more than they normally would. So I would say it's probably a thousand. Boy, I tell you what, you're real close on that. Uh, a couple, two nights ago, it was $839 on a $10 parlay. On okay, the yeah. So that's, that's probably oh. double the odds. <laughs> that's probably double the odds that you would normally Yeah, I, I figured you guys would want to know that one because I saw I that. might throw 10 bucks on that yeah, now I, that you say that. Yeah, I, 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 I saw that come across, and I, I, it was that, I was watching TV late at night at like midnight. And I saw that one come across. They talked about it real quick because now um, all this because of you know, the legalized gambling around the all these different, you know, ESPN, Fox Sports, CBS Sports. They have their now gambling critics on yeah. about picking games now is what is the way they're going. Now they have new people faces coming on expert gamblers yeah. doing stuff. And one of them brought this one up. Um, Marcus, did you get your 50 percent deposit bonus today? My deposit bonus. Oh, the Bo, Bovada sent me a, a thing that if I made a deposit up to $250 today, that I they would give you fit up to 50%. So I put, two, oh, I put 200 uh, in there, and they gave me 100 bucks. Nice. All my money is in cash here yeah. in Vegas, so I can't make a deposit to Bovada. He is liquid. I would have to deposit <laughs> yeah. my bank account. Well, sure, I'm sorry, sure. I could use my credit card, but that's not really something I try to do very Yeah, I mean, often. it's nice, right? Um, it's a free $100, but they, of course, you know, there's parameters on how the money has to be spent, and you can't just, like, cash out right away. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm not going to let you do that. Yeah, there's Otherwise, you usually you have to get it five times over or something. Yeah, I forget how it works, but if, if you try to cash that out, they're sending you to Bangkok, yeah, and right. once you're in Bangkok, Bangkok's got you. <laughs> why they call it Bangkok, honey. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess that's kind of that on the uh, bet here. So just to kind of round things out uh, with the NFL guys, I'm just going to go through my picks real quick. Um, 
I guess I do need to go on and update the uh, website here on the spreadsheet, but I, hopefully everybody's been listening in. Uh, we've had a really good year with bets and uh, I hope everybody's continuing to follow us and uh, you know, only a couple more weeks of this. So I think that the odds of us ending up in the, uh, in the black are pretty good. Um, so keep, keep listening. But last week to, to review, uh, I did hit on the Colts and the Eagles and lost the Baltimore game and pushed the Seattle game. So we went two one and one. So again, one money. Um, so that was fun. Uh, let's go through the games real quick guys. So as we uh, talked about before, we got the Colts at plus five, uh, going into Kansas city. And, uh, as if you, if you haven't been listening, uh, you, you know, that, uh, you don't know that how much I am liking the Colts defense and uh, how Andrew Luck is playing right now. And I actually am going to take the Colts in this situation straight up. So it's, it's a hundred, it's plus 170. So I believe I put 250 straight on it and it paid 425 around 425, but they have to win straight up. So it can't be, you know, just cover the five points. Uh, so I am going to advise you guys do what I do. Uh, and bet the money line today on that game. So uh, good luck there. Uh, we're going to do our traditional $50 bets on all four games here, guys. No no bonus bet today in the playoffs like we did last week. Uh, so then Dallas, we've got that game next at plus seven, uh, going into Oakland to play L.A. Uh, as we discussed, I am high on the Dallas defense, and this has kind of become my favorite bet of the day just over the last hour. Uh, I did throw down another 100 on it just a minute ago, and uh, I am now at 200 on the spread uh, for Dallas to cover plus seven. Um, and then we're moving into the third game, which is the Patriots and the Chargers in New England. Uh, the current spread on Bovada running minus four. And if you again, if you were not listening before, I do love the Patriots in this one. I think Tom Brady pulls out some magic in the win uh, and at the very end and covers the uh, minus four. So then we've got the final game and that is the saints at home minus eight uh, against saint nick and the miracle eagles coming into town uh i do believe this is the one game this weekend where the score is a little bit lopsided guys as i said and i believe the saints roll here and cover the minus eight easily uh covering winning by double digits going away guys so uh that's what i got for the weekend and uh any comments uh on the bets, guys. Go ahead, Mark. Well, I mean, uh, so we're just talking about the bets, or do we want to give our scores? We should uh, we should sum up our scores like we did last week, right? So let's let's do that real quick. Uh, we've got Colts, and we've got uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. Uh, why don't you give us your score for that one, Mark? Well, I see a, uh, a spirited game, but I think we're going to see a much lower scoring game than usual. I think the weather, the temperature, and the defense of the Colts, which is, is legit, is going to frustrate Mahomes. And I think they're going to hold the, the Chiefs to about 24 points. And I think the Colts are going to take 28 points and win it 28-24. Colts 28, Chiefs 24. You heard it here first, folks. Okay, so I'll pick, and we'll let JP go last. Uh, as you heard, I am. Pick- I'm, a, I'm a little distracted right now. Yeah, we've got some. Uh, we've got some distractions here down at the uh, Veranda Point. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, as as we were saying, um, I'm going to take my Colts here in this one, uh, thirty to twenty-four. 
Okay, so 30 to 24. Okay, so I am on the same bandwagon. We all are on the Colts right now. I'm loving what Andrew Luck is doing, T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, and that defense is doing. I'm going 38-34 Colts. Okay, uh, next game, we've got Dallas plus seven, and uh, they are going into, why am I drawing a blank here? Oh, L.A. You keep drawing a blank on that one the whole the, that all morning. Weird, you keep, you yeah. keep saying Oakland. Yeah, yeah I know, right. he's like the Oakland Coliseum. I'm like, well, that's where they're playing. <laughs> no, they're playing in the L.A. Coliseum. They are? Oh, the L.A. Coliseum, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I don't know where we my We need some geography is. lessons in here. I guess. I know. Jeez, I think we should so just terrible. get that girl. I'm actually, I do know that. I don't know why. I'm... We need to go get that girl that just walked past yeah, and come in and give us yeah, some geography did. lessons. Yes, we do. She probably, is, she looks super smart. Yes, very smart, very smart. Um, okay, so we've got plus seven Dallas uh, was the spread. You got a final score for us, JP? What do you got? <sighs> Boy, it's hard for me to ever pick the Cowboys because I just hate them so much. But I'll tell you what. I think McVeigh pulls a rabbit out of his ass, not his hat, his ass in this one. And Gurley goes off. And I, 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 I know the Dallas the defense is good. I'm very, if Zeke doesn't run the ball, Dak could have a really bad game. And there could be a lot of sacks in this one. I'm going to go uh, LA 31, Dallas 17. Okay, Marcus. Uh, we're talking about the Rams game. Yes. yes. Uh, I have thirty-three to thirteen for the Rams. Thirty-three, thirteen Rams. Okay, you guys both picked the Rams. I'm actually picking the Rams to win as well. So I'll go twenty-four twenty. Uh, I do think the Cowboys play well, but they they they're not going to win. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, like, yep. like, like, yeah. They're hit or miss. If yeah. Zeke they are. That, if Zeke really has that game, yep. You know, I mean, look what Zeke did last week, and they still only won by two. Yeah, I so. agree. Uh, okay, moving into the third game, Patriots Chargers. Uh, Patriots minus four. If you wanted to hear the spread, uh, I'll go first. I've got the uh, the Patriots winning this one down the stretch, folks. I've got them winning twenty seven twenty four. Okay, twenty-seven, twenty-four, Patsy. Yep, Mark. So sorry, twenty-eight, twenty-four. I think we're going to twenty-eight, twenty-four. I think we are going to see the exact opposite of what we've become accustomed to, which is the Patriots coming back at the end to tie up the game and then making a last drive to get a, a distant field goal to win the game. I think this time the the Chargers are going to be the ones that make that last second drive and get that kick, and they're going to beat the Patriots 24-21. to 21. It sure would be fitting. Poor San Diego. No one's had more trouble with their kicker except maybe the Vikings. Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, Los Angeles. <laughs> Sorry, I keep saying that. Uh, yeah, so for the Los or Angeles how, how Chargers. About Chicago? <laughs> Yeah, but that wasn't there. That wasn't necessarily. That, that wasn't a block. That was actually a tip. They tipped it off yeah. to the side, is what they did. But that was know, that guy's didn't, first didn't, big kick. Yeah, that was really the first. Didn't kick that, I, that thought, guy I thought the. I thought Chicago had a bunch of bad kickers this year, a bunch of bad games. Oh, I'm oh. Not, I'm not saying just this year. I'm just yeah, saying like been, over the last like five years. Yeah, <laughs> the Vikings kicker situation oh. has been 
absolutely horrendous, and so has San Diego. Oh, yeah, the Vikings, definitely. Yeah, but San Diego's been, I think, the worst of anybody. I mean, they've been through, like, ten kickers yeah. in the last two seasons. So, anyway, the Badgley has kicked extremely well, so I love the prediction there. Okay, so I am on the lines with Marcus here. I think this is Philip Rivers' last shot. Um, I do not think – I mean, let, let's look at the, what the Patriots have accomplished winning the AFC East for a ninth straight time. Who do they play? The Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins. That's why they get the first round by all the time. And even though they have the first round by, they are not the same team that they have been in years past. That mystique, I think, has been broken by the Eagles last year. Um, and they just haven't been themselves. But look at the Titans game this year where they absolutely got manhandled by Tennessee. And that's one of the big points where I saw gone. Because we still don't really know Marcus Mariota and really who that guy is, in my opinion. Um, I am going to go... The Chargers, 31. The Patriots, 27. Yeah, I like it. Um, I disagree with JP a little bit in that that I do think San Diego's got a little window here. I think maybe next year for sure, and then maybe one more after that. It just depends on how Phillip plays. But they've got a good young defense, so they're going to be good for another year. Uh, as long as Philip continues to play and play well, right. we'll see. He might fall off a cliff too. He could, he's right uh, up there. But uh, yeah, great picks guys. Uh, moving into the last game. Uh, we have, did Mark make his pick there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark was chargers. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, and then we've got the last game saints uh, hosting. Um, <laughs> I'm the drawing Eagles. a blank. The Eagles. Well, you're, you're drawing blanks uh, on all the, on the road teams. I think it is so weird. <laughs> okay. So saints, Eagles, uh, spread is minus eight if we uh, didn't pound that into you earlier. But, uh, again, I'll start here, guys. I have the Saints winning this one rolling away. I've got 35-20. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I think, like I said, they, they, the Eagles, if they're going to have a shot, they got to come in and stop them from starting fast. Well, and I, I – Oh, well, I'll go, I'll go next. And, you know, just like uh, last week, I'm not going to make a pick on my team that I would call if I was calling a game. Um, this is going to be a much different game than the 48-7 game that you saw, I think. Uh, it's going to be a much more spirited game. The Eagles do have a lot of confidence. They do have St. Nick there. Um, I think they have to go out early and get a touchdown or a touchdown and a field goal and keep the Saints on the sideline off the bat. If they don't do that, they're not going to have a chance. But – if you wanted a final sort of prediction, it's going to be more in the, the 38 to 24 range if I would have had to go there. And, and, and the run could be over. The magical run for the Eagles could be over this week. But if they do get down early and they do get a turnover or two, look out. This team could do anything under the sun. Then just look at the Super Bowl last year. Philly Philly is a play that the Patriots, not the Patriots, but a, some guy in high school design, the Patriots ran it and didn't run it right. And then the Eagles ran and scored a touchdown on it. So, you know, there's, Still could be some magic left there in that wand. Uh, Couldn't agree, I agree. more. Um, my, my big thing here is the Eagles have the healthy receiving core they didn't have when they mm-hmm. faced the Saints the first time. The Saints Very defense true. has not been the same team late, lately. And here is your X factor, and I, people are going to think I'm crazy. Mike Wallace is able to play. He's ready to play. The yep. only time this year he's going to play. And you know what? If I was going to throw down a prop bet, that's who I'd throw one on for the first touchdown is Mike Williams. He's going to catch him off guard. He's got the wheels, and he's going to burn past the uh, cornerbacks and catch a deep pass from St. Nick to start the Eagles on the right foot. Their defense is feeling great and looking great, and uh, 
they've got the magic feeling going. I got the Eagles pulling this one out and winning twenty to seventeen in a relatively low scoring game. Wow, that's a big that's a surprise. I like it. That's though. that's a good pick. That's a surprise yeah, pick and a good pick. It is, absolutely. Hey, we got some we got a ray of sunshine coming out. Thank wow. you, Mark. I like that pick and the sun just came out <laughs> over here. That's awesome. It, it did. <laughs> hey, the the Lord is smiling on my picks. I gotta I gotta take uh, yeah. gotta take credit. <laughs> oh, definitely. Man, you guys got to look at that Bovada pick on that that underdog, that yeah. ten dollar underdog. That's yeah, a good if pick. I can find <laughs> it, I'll, I'll throw ten bucks on a chance for eight hundred. All right, we got all the picks in. Thank you guys. That is awesome. So I will get that website updated at some point today or tonight, uh, just so we have all our scores in going into championship again next week, which we all definitely love heading into the Super Bowl down in, uh, I believe, Hotlanta this year, correct? Uh, I do believe the Taj Mahal. Um, So let's go over uh, the coaching changes real quick, and then maybe we can kind of finish up the NFL. Yeah, I I really want to know, Mark, and Marcus is in your thought on the Broncos hire is really where. Well, I mean, let's let's start with that, and let's start with our Broncos fan. Well, I don't know what to say. So I I like the pick in terms of I like that he's a long-term coach. He's been uh, a coach in the NFL for 30 years. He's been a defensive coordinator for 20-some-odd years. I think he's had enough time under head coaches to see how good systems are developed. And I think that especially it's beneficial that he was under Nagy in Chicago to see a new coach come in and have success and see how he did it. And I think that's key. I'm a little nervous about having a first-year coach or a first-time coach again. I mean, I just they don't always do well, and that makes me really reticent, you know. But uh, I, think, I think he's going to have seen enough to know how to implement the systems. And I am not on board with the Denver area radio shows that say it's time to blow up the team, trade away everyone, get draft picks, and start over. This is a team that should have beat the Chiefs. They could have beaten the Texans. They could have beaten the Rams. They did beat the Steelers. This is a team that has more than enough talent. I do think they could use a better quarterback, but I think that all they really need to do is have the right kind of structure. And I didn't feel like Vance ever did that, and that's what he'll have to learn before his next head coaching opportunity, which is you're not – a a player coach or a coordinator anymore. Your job is not the play calling. Your job is not uh, designing the schemes. Your job is to tell all the others what their job is and hold them accountable. If he can do that, I think the Broncos could have a nice little resurgence. I'm not saying I see him bouncing to a 12 and four or anything like that, but I think everything going right, they really could hit 10 wins, but I do think it also will require they have another good draft. Okay, well, I I think that's a good analysis. I I don't I I know I do know a little bit about Vic Fangio being a Vikings fan and uh, you know watching that division pretty closely over the last few years. So I'm excited for the Broncos. I think Vic Vic Fangio is a no nonsense guy uh, that's coming in here, and I don't think he's going to put up with any crap. And I do think that that with the Broncos team can. Can, you know, uh, continuing to get younger and younger. I think he's a good fit 
to instill some discipline into the culture there and uh, get those young guys kind of in line and playing well. So I think he'll be a great coach. In fact, of all the hires, he's one of my favorite, one of my top three. Uh, I like the Bruce Arians hire the best uh, just because I love what he brings to the table offensively. And uh, I think that they'll have a lot of success next year in Tampa Bay, but uh, I do really like this hire for the Broncos. I think John Elway is uh, is thinking outside the box a little bit. You know, they're bringing in, I think ultimately, and we can get into this if you guys want to, but I think Kubiak's situation is very interesting. Um, I think their original plan was to have kind of a two head coach system here. And it was going to be, hey, Vic's going to coach the defense and Gary's going to coach the offense. You know, you make a great point there because I'm looking um, straight down this board. He's linebackers coach, defensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, linebackers coach. And I love the fact that he's he's a Pennsylvania kid. He's on a Dunmore High School and he went to East Stroudsburg University um, where James Franklin played the head coach for Penn State. And he's got a ton of the defensive side, but what you just said about Kubiak is a very interesting point. And what Mark said about Keenum is an interesting point where maybe we have now the whole defense and we have the, the components of offense, but maybe we just don't have that quarterback. Well, I think that's, you know, if you've been reading between the lines here the last couple of days with the press conferences, that's been the main question asked of, of them, you know, of the new coaching staff and, and John Elway and crew is, who's the quarterback? You know, I know Case is here next year and he's signed, uh, but uh, the, all they would say is, Case is our quarterback right now. Yeah, they and, definitely and, said that. And they that. made sure to say right now. They didn't just say Case is our quarterback. And, or and, he will be our quarterback. And Elway's been very silent on tw- Twitter until the last three days where he's been kind of very active on yeah. Twitter. If you've noticed, I'm not, I'm not sure if anybody has. Yeah, no. And so, yeah, I think I do. I like his, his shrewd uh, negotiation skills, but I also, I think that the Broncos are making a wise hire here, but I do think the Kubiak situation was interesting kind of to backtrack onto that a little bit because, um, you know, you had a guy like Vic Fangio coming in here, defensive coordinator. He's coached from the box 19 of the last 20 years, JP, in the oh, yeah, game. Yeah. So for him to be the coach on the field, you know, it would have been kind of a strange thing. Well, you know, the sound of it, it was going to be him up in the box and Kubiak on the field. So kind of an interesting uh, dynamic there that, that could have played out and maybe a new approach to the NFL, kind of a dual yeah. head coach system, uh, which I think could work uh, in the right culture and right system but uh you know i think a lot of it is the quarterback here in denver right what are they going to do there are they keeping case uh there's been rumors that you know they thought if they were going to have kubiak here there had been rumors that they were going to bring flacco in and you know and get rid of case but uh you know they could draft a quarterback i mean they have the number 10 pick they could try to trade up they could try to trade down um you know there's some other guys like a will greer that might maybe go at the end first yeah. beginning of the second they could trade down um so they have some options there but certainly quarterback the big one here in denver uh but i can't even remember you know elway being the last time we actually groomed and grew one so i do think they have to draft a quarterback guys and i don't know if it's a first round thing for them they have so many other needs i think best available player but uh certainly something to look at you know maybe some of the other options out there with the Eagles being one and intriguing to me with their quarterback situation. <laughs> Very intriguing. You know, I mean, 
it's probably going to cost a lot to get a Carson Wentz away from them. But yeah. almost that makes more sense to me, a Carson Wentz trade than a Nick Foles trade. Okay, Carson isn't going to go anywhere. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> and but right now they're going to take they're going to take a twenty million dollar hit, uh, hit on the cap by keeping Nick is the big thing that everyone's talking in Philly about sure. right now about what to do. I mean, why wouldn't you keep him? The guy's been amazing. Yeah. But I guess if you you know if you need pieces, he's a good trading chip too. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, interesting man. You know, I, don't, he, I don't know. What you were saying, Nate, is uh, is an interesting thought, and I don't think I. I don't think it is a good idea, although time would tell, on the dual head coach thing. The only reason I don't like that is it reminds me of, you know, at my job where there was a division of our company that had three co-equal people at the top of the chain, and they all ran their respective departments. And what ended up happening was you didn't have people rowing in the same direction, and it caused a lot of problems. And so I think you might have the same problem in – football, I think you can say, look, you're the head of the offense as the offensive coordinator. You are running the offense. I'll tell you what our overall scheme is, but you're, you're devising the plays. You're defensive coordinator. You do the same thing for the defense. But when it comes to on the field, game time, player personnel decisions, that's, I'm, I, that comes from me as the CEO down to the rest of you. So uh, that's why I don't quite like that setup, but it would be innovative. And, you know, innovation sometimes is what's needed in, in the NFL to uh, to get ahead, so well, it'll be an interesting I, interesting I know process has to watch. A comment. Just just real quickly, I think. Um, well, go ahead, JP. You're, well, I'll you, tell you, I'll, we, we've we've kind of seen this once in the 1985 Bears, where Ditka is the head coach, Buddy Ryan's the defensive coordinator, and Buddy Ryan's getting carried off the field along with Ditka, where you had those two strong personalities. Um, it worked for the '85 season. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's an interesting concept. It is. And it, and I think it can work, but I think the most important key there is and it. And Mark hit it on the head is communication. Yeah. Um, you know, if everybody's on the same page and you are constantly in flux and constantly keep communicating and you guys have set boundaries and job assignments and, you know, are very clear on everything, I think it can work. However, that type of communication is very difficult. And, yeah. uh, you know, we see 95% of the problems in wor- in the world today come from, you know, Com- poor, communication, poor communication or lack thereof. Exactly. So <laughs> uh, it can certainly blow up in your face. But I think with two veteran guys like Fangio and Kubiak and, you know, a, a guy like Elway, that it could have worked. Uh, and it would have been really interesting to see, uh, you know, the, I, I love that the uh, they're trying to be innovative. You know, it's a it's a different approach to something that's had that that has had a traditional approach of one coach. You know, forever. So I I like that they're thinking outside the box a little bit. It's kind of fun. Um, but uh, I do like the higher guys. I think we're going to see Vic have some success here, but I think it takes two years. So um, it's going to be fun. We'll see what happens. Mark, what's the uh, what's the air in Vegas right now? You guys uh, starting the uh, the drinking heavily? Uh, what's going on down there? Well, I'm actually up in the room right now. I wanted to. Uh, I knew how distracting a phone call can be if there's a lot of noise in the background, and I was afraid it would be too loud down in the sports book. So, oh, sure. uh, but I will say this: I have not seen anyone have a drink yet, and that is a big departure from 
how things have been in the past. And I think <laughs> last year, old um, for those who don't remember from our show, uh, we did have a problem where I had drank all day. And I'm not a big drinker. So if I drink all day, that's a lot of alcohol for me. And by the time we got to the buffet, I yes, was I very Yes, I said a thousand on and... packs. What's that? I said, yeah, bet a thousand on Pats. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I, I did get all my all my bets on football right last year, but boy, I was sick as hell. Uh, I took one bite from the buffet, and I was like, I had to go to the restroom. And uh, then the other like three guys time. ended up crashing out. So we had all four of us crashed out by ten o'clock on a Saturday night in Vegas, which is really sad. <laughs> and I think everyone's trying to avoid that this year by not starting drinking till the games start. Okay, good plan. You know, I want to, you know, Mark, uh, me and Nate were talking before the show real quick. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I brought, you know, I said the 49ers blocked an interview by the Broncos. So the 49ers, I just want to throw this out here real quick, uh, blocked the Broncos from interviewing QB's coach Rick Scangarello um, from the 49ers. They blocked them from interviewing him. Oh, huh. so I just I, I just I saw that this morning and I couldn't remember the name of the guy or which positional coach it was. But that's who the 49ers blocked the Broncos from interviewing. Interesting for uh, probably for tell me, JP, position. how would you see JP, if you were a coach yeah. and mm-hmm. your team blocked another team from interviewing you, how would you feel about that? Well, one, I'd, I'd, I'd a right go to him and ask for a raise. Um, if you're going to block me from interviewing I, with another another team, I want a raise well, right off the bat. I mean, I think that, it depends on how it's handled, right? Has has the organization gone to the coach ahead of time and said, "Hey, you know, we love what you are doing here." Now, that's, yes, that's we have thing. we have a head coach that we love too, and he's probably going to be around for a while. But we would love you to run our offense for the next five to ten years. Because uh, who who who's the GM of that team right now? It's um, it's John Lynch. Yes, yeah, John Lynch. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I think you know if you ha- again if you have that conversation with the guy ahead of time, then you know everyone kind of knows what to expect. Right. No, and then that, that could have been the conversation and said, you know, we're not going to let you interview him because you know he's a long term plan for us and so on and so forth. But it's an interesting because you don't hear. Obviously, you know, the the people that are looking at uh, the Rams, one of the Rams coaches right now, can't talk to him until they're out of the playoffs. Right. So it's interesting because you don't hear hear a blocking, a coach getting blocked. It's pretty unusual. Yeah, it's pretty unusual. And I think Mark makes a good point. You know, who knows? They could have maybe Denver just wanted to interview the guy so they could get some insight into how Shanahan runs his offense. That's a good I point mean, too. That could be, that could just be it, right? Maybe they just wanted to talk to the guy to see how the offense is run there. You know, that could That's be, it could point. be that simple. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, I think they block guys for, you know, two different reasons. One, one is either they, you know, they want to keep the guy, you know, or a or B they they want to screw the guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the only two reasons you really can. <laughs> yeah, or not necessarily screw the guy, but screw the other team. You know, I guess there's yeah. maybe three scenarios there, but um, yeah. So I don't know. That's an interesting thing. I know that Cliff uh, Kingsbury had been blocked previously as well by USC, but then they did finally relinquish, and then he got hired. Well, yeah, and he so, he got fired from Texas Tech less as than a year coach. ago, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's go over these hirings real quick. Uh, we kind of, I think we've 
beat a dead horse with the Broncos there. Um, uh, that, boy, that's so just kind of all just, puns intended Just real there. quickly, I think as of yesterday, the Dolphins did make it official with Brian Flores. So we all the teams have hired somebody as of this uh, as of this morning. So the Jets' new coach Adam Gase coming over from Miami. Uh, it's a good fit, I think, for them. Uh, with a new quarterback and such there. So good fit division in division with a team that fired him and one to go to another in division. It's weird. It's a, it's a weird one for me. It is. It's weird, but I don't know. I think Adam Gase is a very good offensive mind. You know, I think he really does pretty well. The jets need definitely some more offensive. I mean, their defense has been pretty good. Not great. But uh, it's just I think it's I think it's a good fit. I also think he knows this is it. You know. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> you know, if chance. he doesn't have success here, he may never get another shot another shot at a job. So, uh, second, we've got the Buccaneers hiring Bruce Arians, who we Love talked it. about briefly. I think that's that's my favorite hire out of all of these. Um, I think he's just a veteran guy and players and, love him. And he's got a team that can play. And he's got a team that can play. He's yeah. got a ton of talent, mm-hmm. a ton of talent, especially on offense. Um, so we'll see what he does with that team. Uh, we've got the Bengals hiring on Zach Taylor there to replace Marvin Lewis. Uh, he's kind of uh, a hot young guy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he was the OC for Sean McVay in L.A. Uh, so we'll see what he can do as a head guy. The Dolphins, uh, as we said, brought in Brian Flores. Uh, where was he? Uh, the, the linebackers coach, I think, for the Patriots. Okay, or so he's a, one of the coaches. He's a defensive guy. I believe so. Okay, so that's interesting. All right. Uh, Dolphins going in that direction. Boy, that's been a team that has just mired in mediocrity for as long as I can remember since Marino retired. They they really are. And and, and the weirdest thing, because you hear Rex Ryan talk about this all the time, that they have one of the biggest home field advantages um, playing down there in that sweltering heat. I mean, that's one of the things. When you watch the Patriots have to go to the Dolphins, the Patriots always play horrible. Yeah, I don't know. And I think the Dolphins have covered every spread in the last couple of years. When the, when they've had to play them, they need I mean, to move on from Tannehill because that's, well, that's all, what they're going to do. That they have to yeah. because he you see what he brings you. It's the last five years, yeah, and it's mediocrity. And it was mediocrity so, at Texas A and M. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so moving on, uh, we talked about the Broncos hiring Vic Fangio, uh, the Cardinals bringing in Cliff Kings, uh, Kingsbury, and then uh, the Browns hired Freddie Kitchens who was the defensive coordinator yes, not for the, them, right? not the interim head coach. He was the defensive coordinator. So that's a coordinator. weird situation to me because – The Browns always do something weird. Okay, so if you remember, they fired their guy about halfway through the season, yep. right, Hugh Jackson. Gets picked um, up by the Bengals. So they – yeah, gets picked up by the <laughs> Bengals. But then they moved their defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, into the head coaching position, and then the guy goes like 7-1. and one. Right or six and two or something down something the stretch like, like has that. an incredible amount of success, and then Freddie Kitchen takes Greg Williams' job as the defensive coordinator. Well, then they at the end of the season after all the success, they get rid of Greg Williams, and then they yeah. hire Freddie Kitchen. <laughs> so to me, it's just really interesting, very odd. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with uh, with the quarterback situation of Baker Mayfield <laughs> and and what he wants. Uh, I think he wants uh, you know a different type of offense or wants to run and a different it, type of offense. So. I think you hit it on the head there because I think they really think that now they've after the 23 other quarterbacks in 22 years, I think they found their man. 
Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, guys, we've got the Packers hiring Matt LaFleur, who, which is my second favorite hire of, of the bunch. Um, I think the Bengals made a mistake thinking that Zach Taylor is this guy. And I think Matt LaFleur is the guy. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, so I think uh, LaFleur and uh, the Aaron Rodgers, if they can do anything in free agency in the draft this year, for some reason, their drafts have just been terrible for the last, like, five years it seems like the Packers um so they need to rebound in the draft bring in a couple free agents and I think they'll be right back where they were two years ago uh with a healthy Aaron Rodgers so um so those are the changes you gotta Uh, wonder if if it's a good move is it is it a good move to bring in the brother of the owner of uh, Average Joe's gym you know it's uh it's questionable (laughs) if you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball (laughs) <laughs> Peter the Fleur. Yes. <laughs> That's a very good analogy, I have to admit. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure where to go from there. All right. Well, uh, anything else on the NFL, guys, before we kind of move on here? We only got about 15 minutes, so I wanted JP to kind of cover the national championship game at least, and then if we have some time, we'll talk NBA. Uh, we have the Nuggets having some success here, and uh, there's and some cool stuff going before, on there. So Before you jump onto the national championship, and I, we don't have to discuss it at all, I'm just curious from both of you, We've got the major two free agents of baseball still out there unsigned, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Just using your straight gut, where do you think each player signs? Okay, well, here's what I can tell you right off the bat. Um, The Yankees are out of the Machado race right now. Um, It is down to the White Sox and the Phillies. The Phillies have hired on Manny Machado's mentor, Brian Dickerson, is who they brought on staff now. So they are. They the White Sox did the same with somebody right? else. What's that? Oh, the, yeah, the Sox brought in, uh, hired his brother-in-law. Yeah, they, I said the Sox were hired in someone else too. So there is a, a really good power struggle going on going on right now for Manny Machado coming to either those either those teams. The question to me becomes: obviously, he wants the money, but with the White Sox, does he have a chance to really win a championship coming up anytime soon? Where the Phillies have all that youth. And, uh, you know, sitting there on the brink of maybe breaking into the postseason. I, I think JP just answered the question. Um, so, to me, Machado, without a doubt, goes to Philly based on the fact that just just from what I've seen from the guy and his character, I don't think he really cares that much about championships. I think he cares about money and status. And uh, I think if he goes to the White Sox, that he'll get both of those. He'll get a ton of money. Uh, he'll be the best player on the team. Everyone will, you know, look to him for answers. He'll be able to be the shortstop there. Uh, you know, I think that's a better fit for him and his personality. Now, I think the better fit is certainly the Phillies, and as he he would have way more success there. Right, they're 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 more playoff ready. Yeah, because and then the thing like 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 you just said with the White Sox, it, it kind of seems if you go to the White Sox, he comes just becomes another, not just he like he was in Baltimore, yeah. except he's in Chicago. It's now. the exact same situation, but I think he liked that. Yeah. I think he liked that. He I don't think did, he really yeah. cares that much about winning. Uh, you know, I, I think he's, I, I don't really like the guy, to be honest with I, you. He's, I don't he's, like how he plays the game. I don't he, like. He's made some bad comments and he's, he's not hustled. Yeah, now and, this is a chance for him to come out and show he's mature and do the right thing. 
you know, which I don't know what the right thing is necessarily. That's but, true. Um, I think he just needs to clean up his act a little bit and yeah. be a little bit more respectful of his of his fellow players. But um, that being said, I do think he ends up in in Chicago with the White Sox. So, Mark, boy, you know I, I I'm at a loss, and that's why I wanted to ask the question. And uh, I love both of your analysis. I think that it very easily could go to the Phillies because they've got the chance for him to be a star, and they have a, a young budding team in a weak division and it could be just a great spot for him. I also see the going to Chicago where they've hired, the, you know, his, his, his mentors and his friends, and um, and he's hired his, like, his – I know it was his brother-in-law, but I think it's also some, like his best friend I think they signed. And so I think they've made a real comfortable situation, and I think Nate is right when he says that Machado – I don't think he ever cares if he wins a, a, a World Series title. I think he'd like to have one, but I don't think it's a – a pressing yeah. concern. I don't think he. I don't think he cares about legacy or being one of the greatest ever. He just wants to go out there, crush the ball, and uh, and have a good have time. The Duke it, game it, on you kind of see cool his So I'd have to say, uh, I actually, I don't have an answer other than whoever offers him the most money is where he's going to go. Okay. Well, I think that's a good summation. Um, and then I assume the uh, second free agent you were talking about is Bryce Harper. Um, Absolutely. So I think that running is down to Dodgers, Yankees, Phillies, possibly Nationals, right? Those yeah, four. I have not heard much about Bryce Harper in the last week. That's yeah. the kind of funny thing. I think ultimately he re-signs in Washington. Uh, I really? Just think yeah, I do. I, I don't know why, but I just kind of have this feeling that nobody else is willing to pay what they are. <laughs> I, I think you, you could they, be right on that. They made him an offer, I think, right around 30 a year, right at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah they did. And he turned it down mm-hmm. because I think he was thinking, you know, this was going to be a blockbuster deal for him. Uh, you know, I think he he was probably thinking I'm going to L.A. or New York. Da, da, da. Well, I don't think either L.A. or New York want to pay that for him. I think LA wants him, but they want him at like 26, 28, you know? Yeah. So I don't think they're going to get him for that. Um, I do think it's down to LA and, uh, and Washington though. I don't think New York's going to pay for it. Uh, they'd rather sign, you know, another bullpen guy and, and let some of the, their young guys develop, I think. So. Well, what do you guys think? The Yankees signed a DJ, DJ LeMayhew. So that. That, you know, I mean, I think that they've made some shrewd signings, uh, and I think maybe they're thinking, you know what, we've already got some, a major contract out here with Giancarlo Stanton. We are going to have to sign uh, Gregorius. We're going to have to sign Judge. We're going to have to sign uh, – who's that rookie guy? Uh, Andahar? Well, uh, yeah, and I don't know if they're going to sign – I wonder if they'll sign Gregorius back. That'll be interesting to see with the young guys they have, you know, Andahar and Torres right. coming up. I don't know if they would resign Gregorius, but I guess if he has another and, season and like he did last trade, year. They didn't trade Torres or uh, Andahar, so I think it's a good chance that you might be right about that one, although they might yeah. be looking to have keep having depth. And uh, I think he's going to be a Dodger. I, I don't necessarily want Bryce Harper, but I don't know that he's a good teammate. I'm not sure that he's a good rah-rah guy, and I'm not sure he's a clutch guy. And uh, I just think he's got all the tools in the world, but maybe not the tool of his mind being right. And yeah. I, just, I think you're probably right. You're right about the money. He wanted to get, or Scott Boris 
told him, you're going to get 400 to 500 million on the open market, and that's what he wanted to get. And now they're realizing it's not going to happen because you bat 265, and no one's going to pay you that kind of money <laughs> yep. unless you hit 55 home runs a season. Yeah. Had he batted 295 instead of 265, he would be looking at a $40 million yeah. contract right now, without a doubt. Yep. In, in yep. fact, maybe even 45 had he batted 295. Yep. But, you know, uh, 265 definitely hurt him. So, yeah, I, I don't know. What team do you think he ends up on, buddy? No, I think he does end up with the Dodgers. I think he ends you up do. taking okay. a smaller yeah. deal and goes uh, and goes where he thinks he can win. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing with that is, is Bryce came out of um, high school in Las Vegas when he came out and then got signed to his, uh, his contract. So the Dodgers make a, you know, it's a really good landing for him being, you know, only what is L.A. from Vegas, four hours or something like that? If that. Yeah. That'd make a really great, great an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. 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 It'd make a great landing place for him. Um, he's one of those players where, you know, he had so much talent and fame in high school when he was there. And, you know, it, it transitioned into the Nationals organization. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, he had that great year. And then all of a sudden he went to that standstill, like, you know, yep. batting to, you know, in yeah. the 60s. And yeah, I mean, the power is there. You know, he's still hitting close to 40 home runs, you know. And, and But is the mental game there for yeah, him? Yeah, I real Because I, I see a lot of his mental breakdowns a lot of times, especially yeah. when his swing well, went we away. We all do. Like two years ago, yeah. his swing just completely went away. Yeah, I know. I had him on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that always how it goes? Of course. Um, okay, well, we, we're down to about seven minutes, really guys. Are. So. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, there's so much going on in the NFL and I yeah, think we, we had to talk about that. So, uh, let's touch on this game last weekend, JP. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely national championship game, fourth time in a row, not the fourth time in a row for the championship that Clemson and, um, Clemson and Alabama met, uh, the last year it was for the semifinal game. Um, Zabo Sweeney is now two and one in championship games against the great Nick Saban. I got to tell you what, this game, I said, take Clemson and the points. If it was three points or higher as what I said, as long as I yeah, said it was three it was, points, ended spread, up five. It, it, I think it was a five points, total five yeah. points spread at the, right, right before the game. And I said, take Clemson. If, it, if it's three points or higher, take Clemson and the points. And I tell you what, a 44 to 16 drubbing. Yeah. Was, of, I, I mean, right off the bat, Tua throws a pick six. And that set the tone. You had Nick Saban running fake field goals, fake punt. I mean, totally out of Nick, Nick Saban's characteristics. Um, I yep. mean, Trevor Lawrence is now the favorite for the Heisman next year. He won 20 of 32 for 347 and three TDs in this game. Looked absolutely amazing. And a lot of people are like, a lot of the Alabama players are like, I don't think he's that good. Is he a true freshman? He is a true freshman. But he's like 19, right? He's older? I think he's 19. Yeah, I think he just turned I think he yeah. turned 19 at the beginning of the year. He's one of the older kids in his class. Um, officially, Jalen Hurts did go into the player portal of the NCAA. He is a graduate, so he is looking to transfer, and he is the – um, he can play right away. Yeah. Uh, the, t- the teams that are really looking at Jalen right now are Florida State, Miami, TCU, Maryland, and UCLA, and Oklahoma. Because Kyler Murray has already signed his minor league contract, and the A's expect him to go and turn into the NFL, go into the NFL draft, which he's projected wow. to be a, the, a first round pick. Do the, the NFL Broncos draft. try to take him at ten if he's still there? 
that's a really, really good question. I, I, he's five foot ten on a good day. Uh, that's what I hear. <laughs> that's what I hear. But boy, incredible athlete. So. He, he is, and it's it's one of those things, you know, breaking this game down. I mean, Clemson was the first team to finish fifteen zero in, in football uh, or to college football history, except if you go back to the eighteen. 18- 90s when you look at those teams that are playing all the time uh doing barnstorming runs on trains across the country <laughs> so he they did it first Dabo is now the cream of the crop uh in my book Nick Saban the, since he's never been beaten by 14 points or more since he became a head coach in 2007 and he absolutely got whopped in this game. This this was a beatdown of, of all proportions. And he was outcoached from minute one. From minute one, exactly. From yeah. the first play that they ran, he was completely outcoached. Yep. Hey, yeah, it was, uh, is this the first time you've ever seen Nick Saban panic? Uh, yes, I would say yes. I know he's been in a lot of close games where he, he's, he broke the headset in the Oklahoma game when they gave up some shitty play, but – I mean, this this was a look on Nick Saban's face. He just, they didn't know what to do. Um, they just that Dabo has such a. I mean, they Dabo and Clemson has a slide in their athletic department yeah. to get from one floor to the other, so you don't have to take the stairs to have fun. Awesome. They 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 made it fun. Clemson's going into Alabama and pulling players that are traditional Alabama Auburn players to come play for Clemson in South Carolina. Now uh, Dabo's definitely turned the corner in college football. And this is the, this could be the sign of the Saban error dominance ending. Now, I don't know if it's going to end in the sec, but as an, on a national level, this might be the sign. What, what kind of offense do they run at Clemson? Is it a, is it a spread offense? He runs a spread. He does. Okay. Yeah, Trevor came out of a spread offense I was just and Trevor's if, like six foot six, two forty. Yeah. I'm just wondering if he would ever be considered an NFL candidate for a head coach. Um, I think he would. I think uh, Clemson was his absolute dream job. I mean, if you watched him, I think he got hired 10 years ago in his first press conference. The man broke down in tears. He's like, this is what I've dreamed of all my life. It's so he's here. pretty, uh, he's, he's pretty tied. He's, he's pretty yeah. tied. Yeah. So it would have to be an a, 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 a above, above everything offer uh, to, I think, draw him away from Clemson. And um, I, I don't see it happening. Yeah, we'll talk about making a splash. I mean, that would be a heck of a hire for somebody in the NFL. You yeah. know? So. Uh, no, it, completely uncharacteristic for a Saban team and couldn't be happier for Clemson to, you know, win for a second time. Because remember, uh, Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson just beat him two years ago in yeah. the national championship. So- we just down, we got a minute and a half or yeah. so left. What, quit, just sum it up real quickly. What happened? Like what? What happened to that defense? Well, that defense. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence just picked them apart. I mean, they he literally that Dabo came in with a game plan. They knew exactly what that defense was going to do at every moment. So perfect and game plan, perfect execution. It, it was a perfect game by Clemson top to bottom. I mean, you have to look at the pick six right off the bat. That guy knew that that pass in that route was coming yeah. before he ever threw it. I mean, I, as soon as he dropped back, I, looked, like they knew I was it. like, I was like, that's a pick six. And I'm like, Oh, good Lord. I'm like seven, nothing already. Yep. Yep. So, uh, well, that kind of sums it up, guys. I think uh, any last thoughts? We got about a minute left, Mark. Yeah, Mark, go ahead. We got a minute left. Uh, hoping for shorties, hoping for winning bets, hoping for a hot shooter, and hoping for a lot of debauchery. 
<laughs> All right, buddy. Well, you enjoy yourself down yeah, in definitely. Vegas. You enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Remember to catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Go to our website, thesportsoffensive.com. Remember, you can always get our shows on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and on Blog Talk Radio. We are at the end of the show, fellas. Nick, any last thoughts? Uh, it's Nate, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry, and, Nate. Uh, <laughs> no, man. Uh, let's let's go football. Good luck and good luck in Vegas. Offensive out.